Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. I am your host, Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. You can also listen to him on the Best Coast Boys Podcast. How are you doing today, sir? Uh, bittersweet. You know, I'm, uh, we're, we're going to talk about uh, Cowboys lost a guy and that uh, was one of my favorite players for these last few years. And uh, mm. It's, uh, it's you know, we'll talk about it, but it, it, it was kind of surprising, but I guess not terribly surprising, but still, uh, it, it, in, a, in an era where we're kind of dealing with all kinds of crazy and bad news, it, this seemed like something that kind of cut through and was like, man, it, it's, it's, it's really tough to get a seat, have to go forward with the Cowboys without him. Absolutely. You know, um, Manning I've, his I've got a lot of, yeah, yeah. I've got a lot of thoughts here about Frederick, uh, Travis Frederick. So if you didn't see this yesterday... Uh, late on Monday afternoon, early Monday evening, Travis Frederick announced that he was going to retire from the NFL at age 29. Um, he cited the reason, though, you know, he got back onto the field in 2019 after dealing with, uh, I can never pronounce it. How do you pronounce it? Gillian-Barr syndrome, right? Gillian-Barr. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he said he did not play at the level that he was hoping, and he knew that it was time to, to hang him up. Uh, he thanked the, the Cowboys and all of his teammates. Um, and I would, I think this is somewhat surprising, but not as much as maybe we probably should have thought of it. So before we even get to that, Lana, let's talk about Frederick and his career in Dallas. Uh, you know, he was somebody who the Cowboys took at pick 31 in 2013. Uh, I remember Mike Mayock on NFL Network calling him a third round player that the Cowboys overreached on. And all he did was go on to be a multiple all pro player. Uh, what did you think about Frederick in the NFL in his career? Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, obviously, to say the least, a kind of inauspicious start um, for for his career because people were not expecting the Cowboys to trade down. They weren't expecting them to pass on uh, Sharif Floyd, who was a uh, defensive tackle at the time. Um, they pet cat for many of us. Yeah, and uh, they weren't expecting a, a trade down to thirty-one, and they they weren't they certainly weren't expecting a name who I think most draft nicks that year. I mean, you know, that were kind of doing what we all do now back then were you know just generally surprised to hear that name because it wasn't necessarily a name that they had on their radar. I think even for. For guys who were looking at offensive line that year, um, you know he was a guy who was a little bit further down on a lot of boards, and 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 you know was not someone that anyone I think expected at that spot. But the partly, Cowboys, well, partly because of lack of the athleticism, right? Sure. I remember him running a five five forty, five five eight forty, and everybody thought you know he just doesn't have the athleticism to play in the NFL. Which is you know crazy ironic because I mean he's one of the best reach reach centers in football. I mean he ended yeah. up being like one of the better guys at getting across the face of a three technique and 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 sealing him off on the wide zone, which is one of the more difficult things you can do as a move blocker at, at center. Um, you know I, I, I he was immediately a. a, a a solid player for the team, and within two years became all pro. Yeah, 
and just like at that level of 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 uh, you know of of, of renown and 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 was a, you know considered by the time he was twenty four was considered to probably be the best center in football, and yeah. uh, you know basically uh, was uh, as steady as you know Zach Martin was for those you know four or five good years that he, that he had. And then, obviously, you know the last his last season, twenty seventeen, uh, before he got the syndrome, uh, was you know a, another fantastic year. And, and, and then, you know, we were all, or I was, I mean, I, I can speak for myself personally. I mean, I remember being at at training camp in twenty eighteen, and, um, you know, we, if you remember, we were kind of at that point trying to find defensive tackles, and mm-hmm. you know, yep. we had two or three of these guys that they had signed off the street. That were beating Travis Frederick in one-on-one drills. Antoine Woods, right? Antoine Woods was one one, of them, yeah. And and um, and you know we we were all commenting like, man, we kind of really lucked out on these defensive tackles, and it seems like you know we've got some uh, some good luck, and maybe we did a little bit with Antoine Woods, but uh, I think it also you know it never even really entered in our minds at first, you know what what, what's going on? Why would it? Yeah, what's going on with Travis? And so. When things started coming down, it became, uh, you know, the more and more information you found out about what was going on, the more scary it was. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously that whole season, you just kind of hoped he was healthy and, uh, you know, able to get through and, and live a normal life. For him to make it back and play 16 games last year uh, is ridiculous, you know. And, oh, yeah. And, and, and even so, at the level that he played at, I mean, it certainly yeah. wasn't an all pro level. I don't even think it was at a Pro Bowl level, but just to be able to get back on the field and play at a yeah. starting level was was great to see. Yeah, it really was, and and I think uh, for him, he he has a high standard, and I you know I can certainly appreciate that, and and I know how frustrating that must be for him to just kind of not feel like he can get back to that level. Um, yeah, I I just think that. It, you know, it's it's a sad, unfortunate thing that happened to him to be to be certain. You know, especially considering it wasn't even like a a football injury per se. Mm-hmm, um, right. But I, I I loved who Travis I love who Travis Frederick is. I, I loved who he was as a player, smart leader, selfless, tough. You know, uh, in a room full of all pro offensive linemen who are maybe the best at their position, and probably actually you know when we talk about Zach Martin and and Tyron Smith. More talented than than uh, than Travis was, but they all looked to Travis as their leader. Travis was mm-hmm. the guy who spoke for the group and 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 took that mantle from Doug Free as the kind of head of that of that offensive line group. Uh, and he will, you know, I may I think we'll talk about how he gets his play on the field gets replaced, which I think it will be easier than than uh, than a lot of people think. But I, I think that as far as replacing who he was as a leader and as a person, uh, yeah. they've got they've got a long way to go because he was certainly one of a kind. Yeah, absolutely. Now, he's not dead. We about... shouldn't talk about him like he's dead. He's, he's retiring. Right, right. Right? Well, and I, was, I was just about to say this. This is becoming a co- more common trend to see some of these athletes, you know, these big, big-time guys walking away, you know, in what we would consider their prime, right? Cal- Calvin Johnson walked away at 31. Uh, Luke Keekley at 29. Uh, uh, Patrick Willis, I believe, it was the same age. Um, listen, you can't blame those guys at all. They they made good money. They've had several outstanding years. Um, Frederick wants to get out of this game healthy. Wants to make it sure that he can walk and can be. I mean, do all those things that you want to do as a normal human. 
Um, you know, I, I think it's I think it's great that he's able to do that. So uh, there's certainly no ill will at all from any shouldn't be from any Cowboy fan from him wanting to get out of the game a little early uh, to save his body or preserve his body. So uh, just an outstanding career from from Travis Frederick. Uh, worth that 31 pick 10 times over, right, for what he was able to do uh, to help, you know, Tony Romo maybe extend his career a little bit, help Dak Prescott transition into a franchise quarterback. Uh, just an outstanding career from Travis Frederick. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back and talk about how the Cowboys could potentially replace Travis Frederick this year. Guys, let's talk about sex. Remember those days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com, that's blue like the color blue. BlueChew brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach since they're chewable. They work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. Now, this isn't just for guys who can't perform. It's for any guys who want extra function to enhance their performance in the bedroom. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no in-person doctor visit, no waiting in the pharmacy, and best of all, no more awkwardness. They're made in the USA, and Blue Chew prepares and ships them direct, so they're cheaper than even a pharmacy would have. Right now, we have a special offer offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our promo code NFL. Just pay $5 of shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com, promo code NFL to try it for free. All right, Landon, uh, we're going to talk about some guys that the Cowboys could potentially use to replace Frederick. Um, But I just wanted to throw out this little bit of information that I got yesterday. Um, Someone told me that Frederick has actually been considering this for a while, Uh, that even after the 2018 season, there were some thoughts that maybe he would just retire and not try to work it back on the field. And while he never got to that point of actually retiring, I think it maybe spooked the Cowboys a little bit and gave them a little bit of time to prepare. And I think that's why the Connor McGovern pick makes a little bit more sense now than it did you know, a year ago at this time. I think the Cowboys just wanted to have somebody in there for the possibility if Frederick decided to walk away maybe midseason or after the year, uh, they're better prepared. Uh, this is you know kind of the opposite of what happened with Jason Witten in 2018 when he walked away, you know, what was it, after the first day of the draft, I think it was, uh, and the Cowboys really had no options to replace him. I think the Cowboys had a feeling this could be coming soon. They weren't necessarily expecting it right now, but they knew that it could be a possibility. So uh, kudos to the Cowboys for at least being a little bit prepared. Now, let's talk about the 2020 options. Who do you think is the most likely to start at week one at center for the Dallas Cowboys? <sighs> It's, it's tough to say at this point, but I mean, I think that the good news for the Cowboys is that they have a ton of options here, right? I yes. mean, yeah, they do. Uh, and, and I think, you know, I was, I was, I tweeted this out last night. I think if you want to talk about, like, you know, replacing an all pro level player, you're is, not going to be able to do it. It's impossible. I mean, yeah. And I would say that the Cowboys are probably as uniquely situated to do this. For at center than maybe anybody in the history of the NFL. Sure. I mean, sure. like, I think before this deal got made, I had started eyeballing this depth and wondering if there wasn't a trade happening soon. 
And clearly, I think what had happened is that the, the Cowboys obviously were just more informed than we were, right? They mm-hmm. they knew that Frederick was it does happen from considering time to time. this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> occasionally, it does happen. Um, and so, I think if you look at look at the, the names here, I think there's the three names that we well, four names that we have to put into the pot here are Joe Looney, Connor McGovern, Adam Redman, and Connor Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what you've got in this combination of four players is you've got an established veteran who you know can come in and provide a floor for you. Joe you need Looney, two starters out of that group, right? That, that's really what we're coming down to. You need two starters out of, of those four. Uh, yeah, I mean, if you could talk about left guard and center, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and, and, and I think basically what you've got is a floor of – Connor Williams at left guard and Joe Looney at center, right? Like that's Probably, that's yeah. that's the floor. Like because you know Williams what, is healthy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. You, you know what Looney's got. You know what Williams is at left guard. You think that you know that's that's where I think you start to try to improve on the situation starting there, right? I think Connor sure. McGovern is likely to either either Connor McGovern kicks inside to center. Or or Connor Williams kicks inside to center, and Connor McGovern becomes your left guard. I, I, one of those two combinations to me feels like the uh, the the plan A, right? Like like the let's try to get the the mo- most talented young players on the field solution, right? Sure. And then yep. on, on top of that, you also have Adam Redman, who I think you know if you've watch training camp if you've seen preseason games you watch them in games there's i think there's a reason that they re-signed him they like him a lot I, I i like what i've seen from him in limited snaps uh you know we could also throw in brandon knight here into this equation because he mm-hmm. can play some guard and he can act as a kind of uh, uh of, as another piece of this puzzle uh but i think the bottom line is, is that you've got an established uh, an established replacement plan in the Connor Williams Joe Looney situation. You've got a let's try to improve even more situation where you could play the two Connors next to each other in any combination. You've got the let's provide for an outside chance situation with Adam Redman at you know possibly getting more opportunity to kind of mix in and maybe uh, uh, take some snaps as a starting center. And then you've also got you know Brandon Knight and some of these other guys who can kind of help facilitate even more of this movement. The bottom line is is that you've got a combination of bodies and talent, youth and veteran experience, all ready to uh, replace this one position. Uh, and I think y- you start out in a spot where you come in with, uh, like I said, a- an established floor. You know kind of what you're getting by having Connor Williams and, and Joe Looney as your le- center and, and left guard, knowing that you've also got a talented third rounder uh, who you think is actually you know a higher, a better prospect than just the third round who could come in and uh be a uh uh, an improvement on either the left guard or center position and then at least two other young veteran players who uh you think might have some upside there to at the very least provide some solid back backup uh maybe even the option to potentially push for one of those starting spots yeah absolutely um Really quickly, I asked somebody last night the same exact question I just asked you. Who was the week one starter for the Dallas Cowboys at center? Their answer? Adam Redman. Apparently, uh, I wouldn't we, be we surprised. kind of thought this for a while. Yeah. There's there's a lot of people in that building that love Adam Redman, and they think if you can just gain a little bit of strength this offseason, which he's been working on, uh, you combine that with you know some of the intelligence and some of the 
the versatility. He's even played a little bit. Uh, it's been yeah. very sparingly, but he has a little bit of no, experience. No, he, he, he played snaps last year. You know, I mean, yeah, yeah, he actually yeah. got on the field and played snaps for this team at different points. So he has some experience, and he's been in the league for a little bit. I, I, listen, I don't think it's going to be Connor Williams. I know there's some teams that worked him out at center and all that stuff. I My guess is they're just going to leave him in that at that left guard spot and you know work between Looney, McGovern, and Redmond and finding the best center there and then the guy that could potentially play the other guard spots. I would love it to be Redmond and then keep McGovern as a swing guy and then have Joe Looney just at, you know there as a veteran presence because – I don't think he's a long-term answer. I would, I, I would like to see McGovern or Redmond win that job because uh, you're, they're younger, and obviously I think their ceilings are a little bit higher. But the Cowboys do have at least options at this point. Are they all? You know, are they great options? Probably not. Are they Pro Bowl options? No. But I do think they're more well suited for this than uh, you know maybe I think, some other teams. I think they're pretty great options. I mean, I mean, yeah, considering because okay. I mean, listen, I mean, just uh, yeah, I understand the semantics, but I just wanted to point it out. It's kind of rare to have this many options at an offensive line position, almost any offensive line position uh, in the NFL. So the Cowboys have very well positioned themselves for this situation, about as well as you can. Yeah. Um, And, again, the good thing is Frederick decided to retire now rather than, you know, maybe three weeks from now or after the draft. You know, there's the Cowboys, if they want to, they can still go out and look at free agents. Maybe there's a free agent guard uh, out there, and I know some people have mentioned Ronald Leary. That would give you some depth at guard. Maybe then you could have Williams move to center. I don't anticipate that happening, but at least you have the the option of, you know, maybe some of these third, fourth wave free agents that you could bring in, convince them that they could compete for a job. Uh, then, I'll, of course, you've got the draft. While I don't see a first round, you know, interior offensive lineman in this class, there are some intriguing guys in the you know second, third day of the draft. Uh, maybe we'll watch a couple of those guys over the next couple of weeks just to have us prepared, um, you know. But I, I, I guess I would be shocked if the Cowboys spent, you know, one of their first two picks on an interior offensive lineman, uh, given all the names that we just discussed. I um, actually wouldn't yeah, be surprised. I actually wouldn't be surprised if this actually increased the likelihood of you drafting a tackle more than an interior guy because I think yes. if anything, it kind of reestablishes that you need to keep Connor Williams inside. Which sort of takes away him as a potential option as a swing tackle guy, you know, because the thought is that maybe you could get McGovern in as your left guard. This is in a scenario where Travis Frederick was coming back, right? Yeah, and then yeah. you could have Williams as kind of the swing tackle guy of the future. But if you take Frederick out of the picture, you keep Williams inside. Now suddenly. Mm-hmm it's only Brandon Knight out there. So maybe this now opens the door for someone like Sadiq Charles. And maybe this is why they were looking at a guy like Sadiq Charles is because, sure. okay, now we know what what's, what we're missing. We're probably going to keep our young resources inside. We need to add more young resources on the outside to start competing. Yeah. It, <laughs> I don't like to bag on other radio hosts and all that kind of stuff, but we, <laughs> we've seen some pretty bad takes about the Cowboys offensive line over the last 24 hours. Uh, let me just give you a fun one, Landon. Uh, oh Colin Cowherd, <laughs> Colin Cowherd, oh. this morning uh, was talking about. We, we've never seen Dak Prescott without Travis Frederick. We don't know what he's going to look like. <laughs> we don't know what the the situation is not going to be perfect as it was over the last couple of years. Um, Landon, remind me again what happened in 2018 when the Cowboys didn't have Frederick. Uh, they were they were pretty they were pretty good at uh, the points. Did they go to the playoffs? 
Uh, I think they did, if I remember. Did they win uh, a playoff game? They did win a playoff game, it, yes. Yeah, and, uh, so It's is crazy that, that, that they spent is an, that entire, the team? <laughs> an entire is that season. On the team? He, he, they, they're okay there, right? Like They yeah. could probably still insert that same guy and be all right. Yeah, I mean, guys, just, you know, listen. Friends don't let friends listen to Colin Coward. All right, just don't listen to him. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, shout out to Colin Coward. If you ever want to yeah. do a radio show, just let me know. Um, let's go ahead and move on to some other Cowboys news. Uh, it was In the morning, it was announced that the Cowboys continued to shop for defensive tackles. Uh, Jane Slater of the NFL Network reported that the Cowboys have been doing uh, their due diligence on guys like the Dominican Sioux. Uh, Mike Pennell, uh, Marcel Darius, but it does appear that the Cowboys have found a guy that they're moving towards signing in Don Terry Poe, formerly of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, we mentioned Poe, I believe, on our Monday show as a potential opportunity or potential guy the Cowboys could target. Seems like that's going to be the case. Um, is he as good as he was in Kansas City? No, he's not. Uh, but is he better than what Dallas had last year? I think so. What do you think about the idea of the Cowboys bringing in Don Terry Poe on likely a one-year deal? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I don't know how much Poe's got left. Um, I mean, I think if you're looking at him as the kind of dynamic guy who is the big lane clogger who can also provide some pass rush help inside, I don't know that he's that guy anymore. Um, but I think he can definitely. I mean, just be by proxy of his size and strength, he can still be that guy that is that nose tackle, the 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 clogger, the you know. I, I think he's probably mostly someone that you want to keep uh, as a first and second down guy more than, than trying yeah, to yeah. get him keep him on the field at third Although down. Although I do point think he has more pass rush than some of the other guys that we mentioned, like. I, I think he's probably a better pass rusher at this stage of his career than like what Snacks Harrison probably. Is. Sure, I mean I think because he he I mean he started out having more pass rush. I mean yeah, Snacks yeah. never had any pass rush, so like that's not going to develop really too much in the later part of his career. Poe to sure. me was a guy who uh, whose uh, appeal was the fact that he was a run stuffing nose tackle who could give you. At certain points of his career, some pass rush. I think at this point, at 29, or I think he's, yeah, I think that's right, he's 29. Yeah, 29. Almost 30. I think that that pass rush ability has diminished a little bit. And that appeal is not quite the same. But that still leaves a guy who is a uh, more athletic, still more athletic than most general nose tackles, uh, who can provide you at the very least still lots of, of help in the run game. So let's assume that the Cowboys do get this deal done with Poe, and you go into the season with Poe and Antoine Woods as your one techniques. Is that all right? Like, is that passable for the Cowboys? I think so. I mean, maybe you can still it's draft. better than what they had last year, right? Yeah, for sure. I think you can draft a guy if you still feel the need later on. And, and, and if not, I, I also think there will probably still be some undrafted free agents. I mean, it's, there's still some people on the street. I mean, you know, you could still go out and get – a, uh, I mean, Mike Pennell still has some value to me. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I, I think I, I would not. If depending on what the number is, if you could sign both those guys, that would be golden. And, and I think it would yeah. indicate. I think it would also indicate uh, uh, not a switch. You know, I think some people are saying, "Oh, this signing indicates a switch to three four, Which you know, come on, guys. <laughs> 
they were in a four three last year. What are you one one person, one person saying that. Yeah, I know. And, and, and even he didn't even bother to look and to see what 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 Carolina was playing last year. So well, um, it's expected. Yeah, um, but I, I think the the point is is that you know I th- I think that if you get another one of these guys, probably now you suddenly have uh, the kind of defensive line where. If you wanted to kind of switch in and out of different looks, you definitely could facilitate that a lot easier. You know, it, it would definitely make it uh, a lot more uh, palatable to to switch into th- some three four looks as you, sure. you know as you wanted at different scenarios because you'd have the meet up front to do it. Yeah, just something to keep an eye. On. I mean, I do think the Cowboys are going to have more three man line looks than what they did last year. Yeah, but it's not going to be their base, right? They're no, still going to be a primarily so. nickel defense with four down linemen. I mean, maybe base is nickel. Maybe, anyways, maybe there'll be yeah. two down linemen and two edge rats. You know, yeah, like standing yeah. Up, you know, but yeah, for the most part, that's not going to change. Yeah. Um, let's finish up with this, Landon. Mel Kiper from ESPN had his latest mock draft out today, uh, and I thought it was really interesting because of a situation that could play out. Um, the Arizona Cardinals traded for DeAndre Hopkins this offseason. Uh, shoring up their wide receiver need. They don't have a need now with Hopkins, Larry Fitzgerald, Christian Kirk, Isabel, all those guys. Um, after that, the next team that needs a receiver is the Raiders at pick 12. But in this mock draft, C.J. Henderson, the Florida cornerback, actually goes to the Raiders at 12, and that makes some sense as well as they need help at cornerback. That allows uh, C.D. Lamb and Jerry Judy to fall to pick 17 in this mock uh, most of the other notable defense uh, defenders out there were off the board. Clavion uh, Chason is gone. Um, you know all, all those guys that we've been typically mocking to Dallas. How would you feel about C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy at seventeen, knowing what we know through free agency th- so far? A week through, you know the Cowboys have filled some needs. They cer- certainly need help in cornerbacks and maybe safeties. Would you still be okay with them drafting Lamb or Judy? Man, it's it's hard to say no to C.D. Lamb or Jerry Judy. I mean, yeah. especially C.D. Lamb. I mean, if he were to fall there, yeah. I mean, I just think what that would do for your offense. I mean, imagine it, Lamb in a slot. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the physicality ridiculous. that he would have there in the first would be insane. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I have a hard time passing on that. Maybe it's. I just think. You could that, that offense would get so supercharged, and uh, yeah, I tend to think that it would be very difficult for me to move off of CD Lamb personally. Now, I, I mean, I, and I think that the Cowboys, I mean, now that Cobb is gone, I, 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 I mean, I, now I do wonder if you know signing Cooper to that long term deal doesn't you know maybe actually have a more negative effect. Of wanting to draft a, it shouldn't. I know, I know. I'm just saying. I just, but I, I, I mean, if it's me personally, I'm taking him. I, I, yeah, I mean, give me, give me two years of cheap, amazingly productive, uh, uh, you know, Gallup and uh, Lamb, <laughs> opposite of Cooper. Yeah, and uh, and then we'll figure out what to do with Gallup when his contract comes up, and we'll still have CD. Would you Lamb. still have two years of? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You got two so. years of cheap uh, Lamb and Gallup, so uh, you could really do something with that. Yeah, and then I mean, maybe you throw another pick at the offensive line later in the draft, but then you just spend second, third, fourth round pick adding, 
you know, depth at cornerback, maybe on the defensive line, maybe edge rusher. And again, if if the Cowboys feel good like about Randy Gregory coming back, I think they would be more open to taking a receiver at 17. They probably would feel better about what they have at defensive end. Obviously, they have Gerald McCoy at defensive tackle now. If they get Don Terry Poe, they probably would feel like their defensive line set. They brought all those linebackers back. Yes, they could use some more depth at corner, but outside of that, they don't have a ton of needs. So uh, just one of these interesting scenarios to keep an eye on. Um, you know, We talk about the depth of this receiver class over and over again. I do wonder about some of those teams at the top of the draft, like the Raiders, for example, who have two first-round picks. If they don't look at it and say, hey – we need a wide receiver. We have a corner. We need a cornerback. It's more likely that a better receiver falls to us at 19 than a cornerback. Let's grab Henderson now. We'll see what's available at 19, whether it's you know a Judy or Lamb or a Denzel Mims or Justin Jefferson. There's going to be a lot better names there than what will be there at cornerback. So uh, I could certainly see those guys kind of falling, um, you know, to the middle part of the first round. So. It'd be interesting to see what the Cowboys would do in that scenario if Lamb or Judy happened to be available to them. That is it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, make sure you are following Landon at McCoolBCB. You can follow the show at Lockdown Cowboys. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosier, and we will see you next time.